There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We're going to be in Job again today. This is Wednesday. And we're certainly thankful for this week, thankful for what the Lord has done in our lives this week, thankful for what the Lord has done so far in the podcast. I've had many folks have reached out, said the last several podcasts have helped them. Now, I would like to explain something to some folks that are listening. It's all not always easy to record a podcast. I've recorded sometimes at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night after an exhausting day. Uh, there's times I record two or three days in advance. Rarely, rarely do we ever get to record more than that. There's times that we're just pressed out of measure, and the last thing we can do in the day is try to get a podcast recorded, but I promised when we started this that we would try to do a daily doctrine devotional. We've tried to do that, and there's times that it seems like the, the material I put out is tepid. It's very lukewarm, and that's to my chagrin. I'm certainly not, uh, not uh, boasting of that. That's something I'm ashamed of. There's times I realize that it probably doesn't really come across uh, with clarity and the clairvoyance that I would prefer. But every once in a while, God will get in the podcast, and that work of God will begin in hearts, and the Spirit of God will move upon folks' lives and hearts, and we're thankful for that. And so pray for us. Pray that every once in a while, God would just prick your heart on the podcast, that God would deal with you on the podcast, that God would teach you something from this daily doctrine devotional. That's our prayer for each and every one of you. And so as we go in today's podcast, we're going to be in the book of Job, in chapter 36, once again. And we're looking here, of course, at the uh, the righteous that have been bound. Then we also talk about those in disobedience. And in verse 13, I'm going to start again. He says, but the hypocrites in heart heap up wrath. They cry not when he bindeth them. We talked about that a little bit the other day, that hypocrite in heart. What does that mean? It's that when their heart is fake, their heart is phony, their heart is not real. They fain would fill their be- their bellies with the husks that the swine would eat. And what does that mean? It means they pretend like they're enjoying it. They pretend like it's real food. They pretend like they're real believers. They pretend like they're really Christians. They pretend like they really love God. They pretend like they have peace. They pretend like they have joy. And they convince themselves of that, that lie, the deceit that they tell themselves, that this joy that they have is the joy that comes from within. Yet it's all controlled by external happenings. One of the benchmarks of whether or not you're a child of God, and you can prove it by the scriptures, is whether or not in the great trials of life you can still have joy. The hardest day of your life, can you still have joy? Can you read the scriptures and find joy? Can you hear your favorite hymn and find joy? Can you spend time with Jesus Christ and find joy? In trials, in sorrow, in bitternesses, in strife, in variances, can you find joy? I'm talking about when you're carnal. I'm talking about when you're absolutely at odds with yourself, when you're at odds with God. But can you dig down deep within and find something on the inside that can work its way to the outside to be manifest in worship, manifest in praise because of the joy that's internal? It's the same with peace. A man last year stood and challenged each of us in a meeting 
And he said, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. He said, if you can explain it, it's not God's peace. And so you can say, well, I took a Valium last night and uh, we watched something soothing on the television. And I went to bed and I went to bed in my, in my hotel bed in my Kings Down uh, level four sleep system support 19 number bed. And I had all the accoutrements that I needed and I had a nice fine glass of sparkling water. And I woke up this morning refreshed and boy, I just had peace. It was a peaceful night of sleep and it's all manifest in the flesh. But the peace of God can't be manifest in the flesh. The peace of God is not crying peace when there is no peace. The peace that cometh from above is a peaceable work that God does inwardly. The work of righteousness shall be peace. That's Isaiah 32 and 17. It's a work of God and it's inward. The hypocrite does not have that. The hypocrite cannot have that. Therefore, he has to drum it up. He has to pretend. And I realize anybody can go to church and put on airs and put on a front. But the problem with most hypocrites, they don't do it. They don't do it except at church. They don't go to the store and put on a front unless they see religious folk around. And I've seen them coming out of the, the convenience stores and they're just angry and bitter and got the cigarettes in their pocket and the and their wine bottle in their hand, and they name the name of Christ, have people stand out in front of their house and claim they love God, and yet they're out there and they're in modesty and they're in decency, and the men got their little boy pants on and got their little wife beater shirt on, or they maybe got the shirt off, and they're out there mowing the grass, and they talk about God, they talk about how much they love God, and this vague God they speak of, but they don't have the inward work of God, it's not manifest in their mortal bodies. And I realize we all grow, I realize we all I need to grow. I realize there's a time in my life that, listen, you would have seen me and you would have scoffed and mocked and said, oh, my goodness, he doesn't know God. But, you know, it's a work of God on the inside. There's a work of God manifests itself in the inward parts. And God began to change me from the inside out. And God had given me peace and God had given me joy. And it was manifest in my being. It was manifest in my outward appearance. It was manifest in my outward thoughts. I was not a hypocrite at heart. And therefore, God looks upon the heart. We don't judge the heart. God judges the heart. We can't see those things. Yet, there's those that live day by day, every day. They walk in that relationship without God. They live in a world without God. They have a devotional, possibly. They might have a prayer, possibly. Use their prayer as just a time of calamity. But they've never had that relationship with a holy God. They've never had that day-to-day intimacy where they can come before the throne of God and they can have fellowship with him. They can come in that and find help, by the way. He said find help. Why? Because you need help. There's times you need help. You need God's mercy. And you can come in that time of need and know that God heareth and answereth prayer. They die in youth and their life is among the unclean. Who's that? The hypocrite in heart. They cry when he bindeth them. And they die young. Why do they die young? Because they're hypocrite in heart. They don't obey the things of God. They disobey God. He says, life's among the unclean. He delivered the poor in his affliction and opened their ears in oppression. And yet there's those that despise the poor, but Jesus Christ said they'll be with us always. They despise the poor. They look down at the poor and they think that their riches or their gain or their profit in life is because of their righteousness. And supposing they gain is godliness, he said, from those folks, turn away. Why? Because that's one of the greatest follies in religion. You see your gain and think it's godliness. You think there's some problem? I heard a great, well-known, well-mannered speaker on the radio the other day on a Bible-believing King James preaching station, and he talked about having diamonds and rubies, and he said, now, if you have those things, it's not a problem, because those things are a gift from God. And I thought, what a disaster. What a horrible thought. 
They look at my diamonds and my temporal wealth and my gold and my silver and all the temporary things and my 401k and my Roth IRAs, my traditional IRAs, my stock portfolio. And they look at all the riches of this world and they go, you know what? This is a gift from God. These things are a gift from God. They could be a curse from God. That's why you don't look at those things as a gift from God. You don't look at those and think that that's godliness, that God's blessed you because of who you are. You realize the poor you have with you always. There are people that will never financially be blessed of God, but they live a life in accordance with Jesus Christ that you and I cannot comprehend or ever imagine. I've been to third world countries where they give you everything that they have. They'll go broke to give you a can of pineapple juice and some little coconut patties, some on a banana leaf. They'll go down to the market, spend everything they have to make some pork adobo. And they'll put all their finances into it because you're a man of God, because you're there preaching to them. They'll give everything that they have. Why? Because they're so used to growing poor. If they're broke one more time, it doesn't matter anything. It doesn't mean anything. And yet there are those that think that their wealth, that their riches, the things they've obtained are a blessing from God. He told us from them to turn away. Understand that God does indeed sometimes give blessings. He will give the desire of your heart if you'll delight yourself in the Lord. But why is the desire of your heart temporal things? Why is the desire of your heart temporary? Why is the desire of your heart things that don't matter to anything? Why is the desire of your heart those things are going to burn up? Why is that the desire of your heart? And if God gives you the desire of your heart, why would he give, feed your carnal impulses? He said, delight just thyself in the Lord, and he shall give the desires of thy heart. I think to delight thyself in the Lord is not to feed your carnal impulses. It's not because you want a Cadillac and a new house and new barns and tear down your barns and build bigger barns. Uh, I would understand, according to Scripture, the desires of the Lord, those desires that he gives are his desires to walk with him and to fellowship with him and to commune with him and to love him. Moses went on the backside of the wilderness. John the Baptist went on the backside of the wilderness. Jesus Christ himself went on the backside of the wilderness. There was a time that David went out in the wilderness. People say, oh, that's, those aren't the blessings of God. That's not the blessings of God. You realize sometimes the wilderness is the greatest blessing you'll ever go through. Sometimes that wilderness is the greatest thing God could ever do for you. It lets you go out there and hang out there and get to know him and fellowship with him and your miseries and your sufferings and in the heat and the oppression and in the drought and go out there, you're scrounging for food. Those sometimes some of the greatest times in your life with God, some of the greatest opportunities you'll have with God to walk with him. But the hypocrite can't see that. The hypocrite thinks he's righteous because of what he has. The hypocrite thinks he's done this. The hypocrite thinks he's accomplished this. The hypocrite thinks he's brought these things into his life. And yet those things that God has wrought are manifest in a work of God inwardly. They're never in the external. Yes, you can see it. Yes, it'll come to bear. But you know what? I was reading over there, and I've, I've preached for many, many years those three blessings that God gives, those three things done in secret, and that's your giving, your fasting, your prayer. The Lord rewardeth thee openly. And I realized one day those rewards are not on this earth. Those rewards, I believe, and I've preached it and said it, so I believe it's those precious gems. I believe it's those jewels. I believe it's those things that will never burn up. I believe they're tried in the fire and it comes through shining like gems do. Why? Because those are those secret things with God. Those are those precious things with God. Those are those secrets you bear before God that nobody else knows about. Where's that in people's lives? Where are those things manifest in their lives? And if they do give, they're looking for an open reward. If they do pray, they're looking for an open reward. If they do a fast, they're looking for an open reward in this life. And I don't believe it's in this life. 
I believe it's in that life to come. I believe it's those secret things with God. It's that secret relationship with God. The things he's going to reward the open. He's going to say thee, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You took that time to fast. You took that time to pray. You took that time to give. You sacrificed that others might have. And here's a great reward for that. I believe it's not of this world. I believe it's beyond this world. That's why he delivered the poor. He opened their ears in oppression. Even so, would he have removed the out of the straight into a broad place where there is no straightness? And that which should be set on thy table should be full of fatness. But thou hast fulfilled the judgment of the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold on thee. And again, Elijah, he's preaching to Job here. He's speaking to Job. And he's his own self-righteousness. And that's the way self-righteous people are, by the way. They cannot see that sometimes it's a judgment of God. God wants to give you. He wants to be a friend to you. He wants to be a companion to you. He wants you to be in that fellowship. But you will not be in that fellowship because you refuse to submit to the righteousness of God, which is the person of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Got all these things figured out. Got all these things on your own. Done all these things without him. Who needs God now? Like what the old preacher used to say. They say they go down to the doctor, they go down to the chiropractor, they go down to the clinic, finding when all those things run out, there's always God at the end. And can I say to you, my friend, I know folks that go get loans, they go get credit cards, and they borrow, and they rob, and they steal, and the other thing they can to make their finances meet, and they never have tried God. How do you try God? He said, given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall man give into your bosom. Why don't you just go ahead and try God with that? Why don't you just go ahead and try God? Why don't you just go ahead and prove to God you want to give instead of receive? Why don't you just go ahead and prove to God you're not a hypocrite and hard? Why don't you prove to God you want that relationship with him? Why don't you go ahead and prove to God, hey, prove your own selves. How do you prove your own selves? That Christ be in us. How do we know that Christ is in us? Because this cannot be my own work. This is not the work of my flesh. This is a work of God. And that's what the hypocrite cannot see in his heart. And that's why judgment and justice take hold of it. Because there is wrath, beware lest he take thee away with his stroke. Then a great ransom cannot deliver thee. Again, he's talking about the hypocrite. He's talking about that self-righteous. He's talking about that one coming under the wrath of God. How do you know you're under the wrath of God? Because you're in imminent danger. You're in imminent of judgment. You're in a place where there's no relief outside of God. You put God in a position where he has to judge you because of your hypocrisies, because of your self-righteousness. And my friend, there's a lot of folks that will go to the grave. There are a lot of folks go to the grave in their 80s and their 90s. And you get older, you start to look at the obituaries. I look at the obituaries, and so many people are living over 80 years old today. If it wasn't for suicides, traffic accidents, and drug overdoses, the life expectancy would probably be 82 to 83 years old in the county where we live. And they'll live up to that ripe old age. They'll live up into their 90s. Some be over 100 years old, like my own grandmother's over 100 years old. Yet most of them have never reconciled their own righteousness to God in the person of Jesus Christ. They come with their own gifts. They come with their own abilities. They come with their own strength. They come with their own wisdom. And they've never reconciled themselves to God. And oh, my friend, the greatest joy you'll ever find in this world is when you've been reconciled to Jesus Christ. When you come through him and you come to the Father by the Son, no man cometh to the Father but by me. When you come through Jesus Christ, be reconciled to God. The heirs and joint heirs with Christ, that spirit of adoption, that spirit of holiness. Oh, what a joy that is, my friend. But it's not there for the hypocrite of heart. It's only there for those that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us again tomorrow. We'll continue in chapter 36. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. 
and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.